Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to the Goddess Diaries with your host, Dom Champagne. Come explore what it means to be a modern woman who dares to remember her sacred self. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Goddess Diaries Radio. I'm your host, Dawn Champagne, and I invite you to download your three free goddess gifts back at my blog when you sign up for my newsletter. Just think of this as your toolkit for unleashing your inner goddess and daring to remember your sacred self. You can find it back at www.thegoddessdiaries.org and I've also included the link in the description page here. In this episode, I interview Priestess Brandy Auset. Some of you may be familiar with her book, The Goddess Guide, Exploring the Attributes and Correspondences of the Divine Feminine. If you've ever wondered how to find your goddess, I recommend you get yourself a copy of this book because I think it is the go-to guide and reference source for discovering various goddess energies. Everything from colors, seasons, emotions, all the correspondences are covered in this book. And as it pertains to this interview, what I really loved about this interview was how down-to-earth Brandy Alset is. Priestess Brandy is not your stereotypical goddess woman, and I think that is what makes her so great to talk to. She is very approachable and self-assured, and she just seems to embody this ancient wisdom, and she exudes the feminine divine. She's like a channel for the feminine divine. And... Well, I'm not going to say much more, but I do hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did. So without further ado, here we go. Brandy, I want to welcome you to the podcast. For those of you who are just tuning in, I have the great honor of interviewing Brandy Auset, priestess and author of my go-to guide, The Goddess Guide, Exploring the Attributes and Correspondences of the Divine Feminine. So excited to have you on the show today, Brandy. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited too. Yay! I'm nervous, <laughs> but I'll settle into it. <laughs> oh, there's nothing to be nervous about. We're just chatting like old friends here. So <laughs> I cool. am just thrilled to have you on this podcast because, um, well, you know, I believe that the world needs more goddess stories, and this is one way that we can spread the word. And so, yay, you know, as you are a woman of the goddess, I'm so happy to have you here. So I want to ask you, Brandy, what is your personal goddess story? How, how were you called to do the work that you do today? So tell us a little about yourself. 
Well, I, um, I'm 37 now, and I was called to the goddess when I was 15. Um, and the little town that I lived in, a new age metaphysical store opened up, and it was run by goddess women. And one day after school, <laughs> we decided to take a field trip to go see the witches. And I walked into the store, and I smelled not champa, and I saw a statue of Kali Ma, and the woman behind the counter gave me this look like she'd known me all her life. And she kind of raised her eyebrow and was like, uh-huh, knew you were coming. And, <laughs> and I kind of felt home. And it just started there. So I started, like a lot of us do, in Wicca and studying that and um, with Scott Cunningham, a lot of DJ Conway, you know, anything that I could get my hands on um, mm-hmm. and started training in that and <laughs> started dabbling in Renaissance Fair because, you know, that's where all the witchy people are and all the goddess <laughs> people. <laughs> and really, it just, you know, from the time I was 15 on, I just started working and training um, with anybody who would teach me anything. And at the time, you know, my age was um, a bit of a hindrance, Um because, you know, everybody just wants, like, are you sure that this is what you want to do? And when they started questioning me about my family, you know, um, I come from a family of, of born-again Christians. My mother is a minister. My father is, so is my sister. So, wow. <laughs> so, my, finding, yeah, so my finding the goddess was, um, it was truly, you know, a blessing because I was always uncomfortable um, in the Christian system and never could really pinpoint why. And it um, had never occurred to me that it, I felt so separate from God and with Christianity and with um, really any of the other religions that I'd ever heard of, but I had never heard that I could view my God as a woman, um, as me. And that just opened me up. So I uh, started training and uh, started training as a high priestess, uh, started training in energy work and massage. And I guess around the time I was 17, I decided that what I wanted for my career was to be a professional witch. And so that's what I've done in uh, the best way that I could and and whatever that meant. And, you know, I'd always, um, I'd always had dreams. I'd always had visions. I'd always heard the little voices and everybody in my family was very, very intuitive, but it was always one of those things that it was just so commonplace that we never really talked about it. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I started delving into the goddess and delving into uh, witchcraft and then all the different um, aspects of that, all the different paths that you could take with it, that I learned how to hone it, how to use it to help others. And so, yeah, and so when I guess when I was about 20 or so, um, I started my own practice and started doing energy work and uh, making soaps and making sprays and uh, taking on clients and doing all that fun stuff. That's, yeah, that was... <laughs> that's so fascinating. I It's interesting because I was just speaking to another person, another goddess woman who also came from a Christian background and um, you know, I, I feel like there's something to that. I feel like there's something there that <laughs> is important about that, but um, for yeah, what it's worth. I mean, it's, it's the dominating religion, you know, <laughs> in our mm-hmm. culture. 
Um, Mm -hmm. And so rarely are we given an option outside of that. And when we start looking for options outside of that, we're kind of viewed as like, you're odd, what's wrong with you? How come it doesn't like, at least, you know, in my household, it was, you know, that what you're doing is devil worship, right? And I'm like, actually, if you would read a book, like, (laughs) it's not that, you know. It's not that at all. If you had, if you would actually listen to anything I'm saying, um, mm-hmm. so everything is like preset and predetermined, and I think that's what hinders a lot of people just in our our lives in general, is that we're fed the same thing over and over and over again, and we forget the fact that we are unique, that we are individuals, and that we're spirits, and you know we're souls, we're feelings and emotions. And we're all generally heading towards the same place. We're all looking for mm-hmm. to become awake, to become enlightened, enlightened. If we were using, you know, Buddhist speak, you know, to sure, right, <laughs> to, you know, to find that that center within ourselves where we can be whole and connected. And we all just take different paths of getting there, you know. But our culture tells us, well, no, Christianity is the only way to get there, or you know, or Judaism is the only way to get there, and. I don't believe that. That's it. Just makes absolutely no right. logical sense. It's like there's too many different pathways. There's too many different ways. But eventually, we'll all get to the summit. And just for me, it was Christianity is uncomfortable. I am told countless times of how I was born in sin, and that doesn't feel right. I'm told countless times that because I'm a woman, I am less than. That that I have to be, you know. Um, the strength and the neck that turns the head, but I have to stay in the background as well. I can't really speak up, you know, and granted that's not all Christian path. That's not what everybody was, is teaching, but that's just what I was taught and it never settled right. So when I found the goddess and found so much love and openness and acceptance there that I could be who I was and that I didn't have to feel shame about it, that I didn't have to stand in the background, that I didn't have to be in the dark, and that I could speak to God directly, that I didn't have to go through um, church or a preacher or a priest, you know, that I could just sit and and connect. And so it gave me some semblance of control over myself, over my life. Very nice. So I wonder then, when you... Um decided to write this book, The Goddess Guide. I know you, you write a, a very compelling introduction about, you know, your experience oh, with you. how this came about, but what was the research like for you? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I still get a little woozy when I think about the research. I am that cross between an academic and a fairy. And... <laughs> <laughs> and uh-huh. it's like you know, I I have the grounding, but I have the flightiness as well. And so the researching of the academic part of it was just really um, uh, enveloping all the work that the people before me had done, that the men and women before me in the past had taken care of. Um, so it was a lot of library work. It was a lot of um, sitting down at three o'clock in the morning, crying, going, "Why can't I find this?" And <laughs> <laughs> and you know, but a good portion of the work came from actually going out and speaking to people, of um, heading out to metaphysical shops, of heading out to rituals and fairs, and 
Um, and speaking to clients and speaking to other goddess women and going, okay, have you heard of this goddess? Have you connected with her? What have you done? What are you um, doing? What are you researching? Which is why, you know, and I just, I wanted to create something that was a quick reference guide. And the energy work and the massage that I do, I actually invoke the goddess in each one of those sessions and I speak to her um, on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So when I'm working with a client, um, you know, their spirit guides will come in, their goddesses will come in, and I was identifying those goddesses, but I was starting to tap into energies that I didn't recognize. And I kept thinking, oh, my God, I wish there was a book that I could just flip and I could go, you know, okay, this this energy, this goddess energy feels like this, this, and this. Who is this? And so I started to put it together. And once I started asking questions around the community, I found out that a lot of goddess women um, were having kind of the same issues where they were pulling in this this divine feminine and unable to give it a name. And granted, giving it a name is not always necessary, but sometimes it helps if you, you know you want to plan a particular ritual, you want to have a particular altar, you want to honor your goddess in a way. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it, um, I'd say the book is about 50-50 of actual academia and historical research and just what women today are doing. You know, because when we put our energy towards something and we begin to worship it, the energy of that divine feminine changes. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, kind of like you know know what I mean. Yeah, and it's like, and you know, it's kind of like, okay, so I'm doing that now. Okay, I'll handle that too. (laughs) So you'll get a lot of. (laughs) So you know, I've run across people that are like, you know, well, I've never used. what was it? I think it was Hecate. Um, you know, and Hecate is generally, you know, for, for decision-making and she's a crone, so there's that, you know, that magic feel of everything there for her. But there's also, you know, the teacher aspect. And um, and when you start working with Hecate, that means that Demeter and Persephone are coming along because she's part right. of that trinity. So... And then you have to remember the basic mythology of Hecate is that Hecate is the one that's instructing Persephone on how to become a queen. And then if you go into Persephone and becoming a queen, part of that is is sacred sexuality, sacred sensuality, the power of becoming a woman, which means that you can also tap into Hecate for those things. And so a lot of people are like, okay, no, you absolutely cannot use Hecate for... (laughs) for tapping into your sensuality and for your sexuality. I was like, well this is why women have chosen to look at it this way. So, you know, those were the new ideas, the different ideas that I wanted to to bring into the book with it. I think that's fabulous because, you know, I've been in situations like that where, um, you know, another woman would have her interpretation of, how the energy works of, and, and I say the energy, I, I mean, how this particular goddess, this, you know, I uh, use it interchangeably too. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I use and, energy, goddess, spirit, divine feminine, all of its energy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So I, I just, I really appreciate that. I really appreciate how you make those connections and you do that um, throughout the book. I mean, there's, there's, different connections throughout the book. And so I want to ask then, um, and I think the answer is probably obvious based on what you've already stated, but um, do you worship 
personified deity then? I do and I don't. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, you know, it's funny. I just had to answer this question this morning, so it seems to be um, uh, the theme of the day. I started getting emails about <laughs> people asking me, like, what do you view as, you know, the divine feminine? And when I first started out on this path, um, the idea of spirit and God, divinity as itself, was very separate from me. It was it was something that I viewed as outside of myself. It is greater than me, it is better than me, and it can handle all of my issues and all of my problems. And and that's how, you know, I started my path. But as you grow older and you learn more and you research more and you connect more, you begin to get deeper, you know, into the work. You get deeper into spirit and you connect more. And then one day... You know, and some of us, you know, some people were able to click it right from the beginning. For me, it took a few years to tap into the fact that that spirit is nothing that is outside of myself. It is something um, that is completely and totally me. (laughs) And it's the world, it's the universe, it's all the same energy. And I am that divine spark that kind of goes through. So with, you know, the personification, I kind of view it as a tree, I think is the is usually how I describe it in in my classes, as you know you have the roots in the trunk, and that is the all. That is the all and the nothing. That is the power of creation. That is unnameable. That is akasha. That is everything. That is spirit as a whole. And because the idea of infinite power and creation. <laughs> is difficult for the human mind to grasp all the time. You know, we start to break that idea down into different archetypes and we break it down into something that we can wrap our mind around, like male and female, god and goddess. And sometimes even that is too big. And so we break it down into aspects of this is the specific part of God that I am talking about. I am talking about Jesus right now. I'm talking about Sophia. I'm talking about Isis. So we have the trunk and the root that is all spirit. And then we have the thick branches that are the different parts of spirituality, the different religions, the different paths. And then off of those little branches, we have the little twigs and the leaves that break down into specific gods and goddesses. So if if that makes sense. So it's like when oh, I'm speaking totally to fine. Yamaya, you know, when I'm speaking to Yamaya, I'm, I'm speaking to the parts of the, the divine that handles this, this, and this. You know, when I'm speaking to Aphrodite, I'm speaking to that piece of the divine that handles this, this, and this. But I'm also recognizing that all of those pieces, that all of those goddesses, goddesses are one energy. I'm just breaking it down so that I can get what I need more quickly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. That, you know, so that my mind can grasp onto the fact so that every time I have to tap in, um, I acknowledge that everything is one. We are all one. Everything is one. But then I need to get specific because if I'm doing the work, if I'm working to heal someone who is having love issues or relationship issues, again, just to be completely honest, it's like I don't want to have to wade through all of that philosophy and mysticism (laughs) to get what it is to be. You know what I mean? It's like I know that I need Aphrodite in this situation. I know that I need Oshun in this situation. So that's what I'm reaching for. That is the piece of the divine that I'm reaching for. And then then it's also recognizing, again, that those pieces of the divine are already within ourselves. We are just a reflection of the goddess. She is us and we are her. And we are not separate from her. You know, we always put that idea 
again, of, of pulling it outside of ourselves and like it's something to attain, you know, and something to reach for and strive for. We already are all of those things. We already are that light that's shining, you know, the same things that made the universe meet us. There's a mm-hmm. line in Normandy Ellis and Awakening Osiris, and there's um, the Knot of Isis prayer that she has in there. And there's a line that just struck me so hard, and it's a weird dust and water walking. And I think that was the beginning of the click for me, of, of understanding that when I go outside, <laughs> I look at flowers growing, and I look at rivers rushing, all of that, that beauty that I see, that honor, that amazing awe that I feel with just looking at nature, all of those pieces are things that make me so how can I ever feel down about myself? How can I ever, you know, look at my body and um, despise it? And, you know, all of those separate little parts. But I also understand that, yeah, the the world is creation and, and creation made the world. So that means that creation made me. And essentially in every religion aspect of it, there's always that little line, and I'll just steal it from Christianity because mm-hmm. that's where my head is at, is, you know, we are made in God's image. Mm-hmm. You know, we are made in goddess's image, which means that that's what we are. We were yes. created perfect. And somewhere, you know, along the way of living in the world, we, we get a little lost along the way. But when we come back to ourselves, that means that I am everything beautiful in this world that I see. But it also means I am everything dark in this world that I see, and I have to come to terms with that. You know, and and start asking myself those questions. Is this darkness true? Is this goodness true? What does that mean to me as a whole? And what does that mm-hmm. mean to my spirit and divinity? Yeah, I'll go on if you let me. Yeah. Like. <laughs> oh no, that is that just completely. I love how you um, you just activated something within my memory, my cellular memory, my cellular memory. <laughs> that, that was beautiful. I love how you put that because. Um, yeah, the whole uh, maiden goddess's image. And yeah, the, oh, I just love that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Absolutely. It hit me the same time, like the same way that I first like, <laughs> heard it and realized it. And, it, and yeah. it's, it's a path, you know, and, and again, everybody I know always started the same way and we eventually get to that point and going, oh, yeah, it's me. You know, right. all this, it's me. You know, I've just created a construct where spirit is based on my own understanding of existence, mm. which means that I need to start understanding existence better. Um, so it is that blend of, of metaphysics and science and, and spirituality all together. Mm-hmm. But there's truth in all of those things. So but oh, I, I swear the minute that I realized that, you know, this, this deity that I loved more than myself was myself. It was, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I can't even find the word for it. Exactly. Yeah. It was, <laughs> you know, I can't even find the word for it. Right. <laughs> it was just, it was astonishing and it was amazing. And one of the happiest moments of my life because it was like I was being given permission to love myself um, and to honor myself on the daily. Uh, and that, and then, you know, and just the honor that I felt, and, you know, I love mythology, I love the stories, you know, and even the Bible is is a beautiful piece of mythology. Like, once you take the religion out of it, it's a gorgeous book of stories. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. I went a couple of years 
back about two two years ago, I started reading the Bible through the context of the law of attraction. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, that's like, right? that's different. <laughs> it's like, there's but some great stuff in here. There is. There is. <laughs> and I teach writing classes on occasion and, and I occasionally edit for people like, you know, who are doing fiction and nonfiction. And they're like, you know, what are some of the books that you should read? I'm like, the Bible. If you're studying mythology, it's it's on the list. You have to do it. Mm-hmm. It has everything you need for a good story. There's good and evil. There's a messiah. There's sex. There's like, you know, (laughs) there's a balance. I love how you balance that out. (laughs) Yeah. Walk in balance. You know, I love that. So you mentioned, though, that when you were growing up that you, um, you, you didn't like the shame based atmosphere that, that contributed to your awareness. So what I find so, um, fascinating about that is that um, I'll sh- I shared in my last podcast that I took a sensuality, your online sensuality course yeah. recently, and I loved it, by the way. I was so glad you did. Fabulous. I was so happy to have you there. Totally. You're it amazing. was so awesome. Well, I feel like sensuality is something that we really need to talk more about. We need to like get on the board with the discussion on sensuality and discuss what it is, what it isn't, how shame has caused so much trauma in that area. And you mentioned, you know, giving, having permission to love yourself. And I think permission, giving ourselves permission to explore our sensuality is like a huge part of it. So it's, what can you tell us about all of this? <laughs> I'm all, ooh. <laughs> I know, right? It is a very, totally, it is a very large subject. Um, but, yeah, I've, especially in the way of, of giving ourselves permission. And we'll start with the shame because that's generally where we all start. Uh, <laughs> okay. Is from especially when it comes to sensuality and sexuality. You know, I just, sensuality and sexuality are two completely different things. They can overlap and include each other. Um, but sensuality is, is essentially living your life through your senses. It's using all of your abilities, your abilities to touch, to hear, to see, to taste, to smell, um, and to intuit. And order to connect with this life and to connect with everything around you. And that is how I define sensuality. You know, but in connection with that, you know, is the basis of the body because that's where the majority of your sensuality comes from. It's your senses. It's how you're connecting. And one thing that we don't really think about and consider is how we are in basic intercourse with everything in our lives all the time. (laughs) Oh, I love that. You know, it's like we we were having a conversation. Um, I'm, you know, giving and receiving at the same time. Anything that we do, whether we're going out to our jobs, anytime we communicate with anybody, it's a form of sex. It's a form of sensuality because there's a connection there. There's an intimacy there. But we're brought up, you know, women specifically, um, to be ashamed of that, to be ashamed of our bodies, to be told that we're manipulative, to <laughs> to be told to, you know, keep your skirt at a certain length because you don't want to tempt anybody. And if they fuck, excuse me, I'll cut myself oh, there, fine. almost, 
almost. <laughs> and if somebody screws up and touches you when you don't want to be touched and forces themselves on you, then that's your fault because you're so tempting. And it's like, and we're raised with that. We're raised to be ashamed of who we are. We're raised to disconnect ourselves from our senses. And and not personally raised, but this is what the society gears for us. So on a spiritual path, and, and not even, you know, exclusive to the spiritual path, but just on getting to know yourself, letting go of that shame is key. Because all of those things, the sensuality, that sexuality, the way that we connect with the world, it's natural. It is natural to us. So that means when we're growing up and we're going through puberty and going through all these hormonal changes and wanting to go out and experiment and and wanting to be caressed and wanting to be loved and wanting to be connected with, there's that piece of us that hears in the back of our head, no, that's wrong. You're not supposed to want that. You're not supposed to do that. And so it's just it's an automatic leap into shame and to fear of ourselves, of our bodies. So that's why I think, you know, the sensuality practice now is so pivotal to getting to know exactly who it is you are. It is who you are. It's everything that you are. And particularly when we're dealing with our yonis and whether you want to call it a yoni or a vagina or a pussy or, you know, (laughs) or Miss Cleo, whatever you want to do with it, (laughs) it is no woman who actually does. It's the cutest thing in the world. Um, <laughs> I love it. Whatever you want to call it, it's it's your power source. That is where we create. That is where we feel. That is where it's a blessing to us, and we're taught that it's a curse. You know, um, even when we start, you know, when we start our blood, when we start our moon, when we start our menstrual cycles, that's what it's called. It's called the curse. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, it's based off of Christian mythology, right. but that means that we're started from the get-go of thinking that our bodies are against us, that thinking that anything pleasurable is going to lead to our doom, and that our basic act of creation is something to be ashamed of, is something to be sinned, is something to be punished for. And that's just, it's simply not true. And so we have to start doing the work in order to unlearn all of those things. And again, it's pivotal on a spiritual path because it's usually the thing that we skip because it's so ingrained in us to be to not think about it. It's so ingrained in us to go, oh, well, you know, I don't have to uh, come every time I have sex. Oh, well, you know, I don't have to enjoy every meal that I eat. Why not? Mm, right. Yes, you should. Absolutely. Stop accepting mediocrity. Stop accepting you know, shame and fear. But we're so used to it that we don't even recognize it as fear anymore. We don't even recognize it as shame. You know, and there are women every day that are slowly but surely waking up or tapping into it and going, you know what, every other aspect of my life is pretty well good. Then why do I still feel like this? Hmm. You know, why am I still going through my days like this? And it's usually at least in my experience lately over the past couple of years, it's usually connected to a sense of sensuality and sexuality because it's the one part that we always skip over. It's like, I'm going to handle my career. um, I'm going to handle my career. I'm going to handle my family. I'm going to handle my friends. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids. And, but that self-pleasure aspect, that point of actually relating to your body, to your heart, to your mind, we're shallow about it. We skip right over it. 
and you know, and part of the time because just because we're afraid, we're afraid of what we're going to find there. We're afraid that that means that we're. Um, and I even hate using the word, but it's the most valid at this point. <laughs> it's like we're afraid that that makes us a slut. It makes us, oh, yeah. you know, um, that actually enjoying sex, enjoying our bodies, um, makes us something wrong. So I wanted to start the sensuality class as a way of, of for people to beginning to tap into that. Um, and particularly, again, because, you know, the senses handle more than sexuality. They, they handle more than our yonis, but our yonis are the, are the power center for it. But sensuality is about living a path of bliss. It's about enjoying every aspect of your life in every single way possible. It's about noticing that sound of the bird in the background. It's about smelling the grass and allowing that to bring you pleasure. It's about taking a bite of every meal, a sip of every glass of wine, and noticing the flavors of it. You know, um, and that's and in order to do all of that, you really have to get in line with yourself. You have to get in touch with yourself. It's like how often do women in particular, you know, and men have this issue too, but women in particular, how often do we actually sit and ask ourselves what it is that we like, what it is yeah. that we enjoy? You know, we get our little habits early in life and then we just continue on with those habits. It's like, oh, I like this and I don't like that, but we never really stop and think about it. And you know, kind of expand upon it. So it's like, okay, I think that tapping into that sense of self through sensuality is one of the funnest ways to get to know yourself. Like, it's difficult, don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> but, you know, um, it's not an easy practice because it, it requires you um, coming face-to-face with your fear. It requires you coming face-to-face with yourself and being willing to be honest and authentic. And sometimes it's it's way more difficult to be honest with yourself than it is with other people. Because at least with other people, you can get some sense of validation. Like, I'm going to go ahead Good and say point. this and be honest. You know what I mean? It's like, and maybe somebody else in this room will agree with me so I won't feel so alone. And it's like, we have to get to the point where we can look in the mirror and go, this is what I want, this is what I think, and I'm good with that. I don't need anybody else to validate me because I can validate myself. Because, oh, yeah, I'm goddess, so I got this, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right. So so the sensuality course was, you know, a way to, to tap into that, where we, you know, we go through each of the five senses or the six senses, really, and connect them with the goddess and goddess theory and we connect them with swoon worthy poetry because I'm a big fan of swoon worthy poetry and really a way to romance ourselves out of our shells to love ourselves past the fear past the shame so it's like okay we're going to take a good honest look at our bodies here and we're going to remember how to worship them and we're going to look at all the scars and all the little things and we may not like it but we will learn to love it and accept it because it's honorable. We earned that scar. I earned the stretch mark. And it's mine, so it's gorgeous. <laughs> you know. Um, and then moving into, you know, opening the heart of how many boundaries and how many barriers that we put up against it. And I honestly think I give thanks to Goddess for uh Brene Brown every day for her TED Talks on vulnerability. Um 
because it opens so many people up to how they were hiding from themselves and how they were hiding from the world. Um, it's I really have easy to stay asleep. Yeah, you know, it's like I really, it's so much easier to stay asleep. It's so much easier to stay separate. Um, but then we don't do anything and we don't go anywhere. And then, and we wake up every day wondering what's missing. You know, how come I don't feel loved? How come I don't feel connected? And it's like, well, because you cut off your heart a long time ago. And this is how you, you know, and so the class was like, okay, so this is how you can tap back into that. You know, but mm-hmm. there's this quote by uh, Michael Murdad that I love and he's, um, and it's, I'm paraphrasing, but it's something along the lines of, you know, getting to know yourself and connecting to spirit is terrifying and exciting, you know, all at the same time. Um, it's exciting because you get to find out who you are, and it's terrifying because you have to walk through who you're not. And it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and, you know, and, and walking through who we're not directly related to sensuality and sexuality I can't tell you how many women that I've spoken to since running this class and, and getting and seeing everything together who had no idea what different flavors they liked, who had no idea what their bodies looked for, like from the back because they were afraid to look, who had no idea how to make themselves have an orgasm and were just trusting the fact that their husband and their partner would handle it. Do what and to that do, yeah. Would know what to do. And if they didn't, then if their husband didn't know what to do, it never occurred to them to go, okay, well, then so let's figure this out. It was undefective. There's something wrong with me. And you know what? Women aren't supposed to enjoy sex anyway. It's all for him, so I'm just not going to say anything. And it's like, oh, honey, no. No, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and that power and that energy of sensuality, of sexuality, again, because it's it's everything that we are, it's everything that we connect to in everyday um, places of our lives, when our sensuality is low, when our sexuality is low, we can see that effect in the other pieces of our lives. You know, we can see that effect in our career. We can see it in our relationship with our children, with our mothers and fathers, because it's all interconnected. And it's like, if you don't know how to love yourself, it's, and, and it's that basic old adi- adage, if you don't know how to love yourself in every aspect of yourself, how can you expect to show that love to others? And if you are showing love to others, is it, a, you know, are you going in with the expectation of having them love you in return so that you can look at yourself and feel okay? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, no, you're sure supposed to start from a place of love. I love me and I am everything glorious. And when I connect with somebody, they're going to see that glory and honor. I'm going to show them how to treat me. I'm going to show them how to love me. But the only way that I can do that is if I know how to treat me and I know how to love me. So it's like, okay, so how do I love me from a physical aspect? How do I love me from an emotional aspect, from a mental aspect? And, again, the pathway through sensuality, through the things we touch, through the things that we feel, the things we taste, the things we smell, I think that that's just the funnest, most luscious way to tap into all that inner knowledge. It's just fun. Why not? Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> I, it, was, it was a fun course. It was, it was enlightening and fun. And I and agree brutal with you. At the same time. Brutal. <laughs> you know, that whole walking you know the terrifying 
yeah. Yeah. Terrifying and exhilarating, yes. Absolutely. Exactly. And it's like, I don't want to give the impression that, you know, all we did was lay back and touch ourselves. Like, that was not a class. You have your mirror, ladies. Exactly. (laughs) It's like, that was not it. And it's like, in people's class, that where, again, they connect sensuality to sexuality immediately and going, oh, well, this is just a class where I'm looking, I'm looking at my yoni all day and I'm touching it and doing it. And it's like, no, you're going to look at yourself and, and figure out what's going on in there. And in order to make yourself feel better, hey, rub some oil on you and give yourself a good massage. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, in order to, to honor it. But, you know, a lot of women hit hard in this course by day two, um, where it was, you know, and it was that general consensus from the emails and everything that I was getting. It's like, hey, I'm so involved. I'm still here. Mm-hmm. But this got a lot deeper than I thought it was going to. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you, you saw know, that and, in the group, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay. So, and I knew that that was something that was going to happen. Because, um, again, everybody has their, pre- their preconceived notions about what a what a course like this mm-hmm. is like. But it's like, no, yeah, we're absolutely going to have those moments where we're touching yourself is there and getting connected. But this is about getting to the root of who you are and looking at her and loving her unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Loving yourself unconditionally for all the faults, for all the drama, you know, and for all the beauty. Not trying to change it, just making the effort for the first time in your life to see it. Just see it. Yeah. All you have to do at first. And because the work, the work will happen after that. Right. Yeah. The work and will come too, naturally. A, a personal observation of mine was that you know. He, just a few minutes ago, you mentioned um, how, you know, when when we get our first blood, you know, we're told that this is a curse. And I think that is um, the beginning. Well, it's not the beginning, but it's certainly a numbing point in our lives. You know, it's, it's a, in a way, it's like a psychological female castration, you know, it's like we're immediately cut off from ourselves. And so for those of us, like myself, who is now 42 years old and um, <laughs> have have had a lifetime almost of of listening to messages like that. Mm-hmm. You know, they they may the chatter's there in the background. It's not necessarily that I integrated it, or, or but apparently I did at some point because for me, going through the course that you offered, um, it was a really pleasant way to take a look at my sensuality without having that background chatter of you're not supposed to enjoy this this is for him this isn't for you this is you know so all of that I guess patriarchal bs was just not there and I so appreciated having the space and the safe container to be able to you know go through the um exercises that you provided and and it was, I, it was thank you very for good. Saying that. Thank you. Um, that was really just what I wanted. Just to like, you know, even when it's, it's like you're going to go through the course at your own pace. You're going to do the things that apply to you and skip the things that don't. And that's okay. But when you mm-hmm. skip it, just take the time to ask yourself why. And be honest. So it's like that was the only prerequisite with the course and going through the exercises, you know, is – these things, some of these things are going to make you uncomfortable. You're not used to them. All of this is new. 
So if you feel the need to, to skip an exercise or to skip one of the journal questions, that's okay. Accept yourself. Meet yourself wherever you are. Accept it. But just have the self-love and the awareness to ask yourself why. And just be honest. It's Again, that was the only prerequisite with the course was be honest. Bring all of who you are into this space with no shame and no fear. However, that's a big deal for a lot of women. You know, mm-hmm. It's a very difficult thing to do. And yet, isn't that what life wants us to do? <laughs> Absolutely, in fully every present. aspect. And it totally is huh. be fully present because it's the only way to actually experience this life is to be fully present. Again, we we hover on top of things. We do it shallowly so we don't have to feel anything except the good and the pleasant. And when we start to get uncomfortable, we start to shy away and you know, I've been wrapped up in studying Buddhism lately and that whole idea of attachment and aversion. You know, we're attached to the good and we avoid the bad. But it's yeah. like, you know, that bad and that fearful are where the lessons are. You know, and like you were um, saying, you know, the connection with that integration of, of patriarchy, really, when when it comes to us getting our blood and getting our first moon, you know, it's a very pivotal time. I'm so grateful for the red tent communities that are coming mm-hmm. up now. Um, because, you know, we didn't really have that growing up. It was out there, but, it, you know, I didn't have any personal access to it. So I oh, know no, that yeah. during that... Me neither. Yeah. That during that time, it was, okay, so my body is going through all of these changes. My mother is filled with too much shame from her existence to help me through this in any appropriate way, other than to look at me and say, you're a woman now, and then go back to cooking dinner. And so, <laughs> you know, so it was like, okay, all of these changes are happening in my body, hormones are happening, and no one is taking the time to explain it to me. And not for a lack of love, but simply because they don't know. And they don't know because they never looked. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and, and looking at that now, and really in a sense of having to go back and mother yourself, you know, through that transition of of really of, of maiden to mother or maiden to nymph or nymph to maiden, you know, whatever, um, Mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever goddess archetypes you you ascribe to, um, right, right. You know, but there's there's that transition of from child to young lady, you know, from child to teenager, that we skip past. You know, and and honestly, and it's left to television to tell us. It's left to magazines to tell us what type of woman we should be. It's left to our friends who don't know any more than we do mm-hmm. and right. <laughs> about anything. And, you know, and it's great to have the support, but, you know, we're we're connecting. Nobody's sharing the information. And so I think that's why now, like, women in our generation, and essentially speaking Generation X and, you know, in the tail end of the baby boomers and everything, are, are tapping into this now and finally getting a hold of it. So I think once you enter your 30s and your 40s, you really, um, quite honestly, you're sick of the bullshit. Like you, like right? the 20s, you know what I mean? It's like the 20s for everybody. It's like, good God, thank God my 20s are over. <laughs> and, by the, and by the time you hit 30, you're ready. 
you know, yeah. it's like you're, you know, you start getting ready and you go through your Saturn returns and all of that and you're ready to start looking at yourself because you realize that you're truly old enough to know better but young enough still not to care. And so, <laughs> so it's like, okay, I can embrace my dirty 30s a little bit and go out and experiment <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and try not to worry so much what people are thinking about me. And as your 30s progress and you start entering into your 40s, that all that energy starts grounding out and it's like, okay. So I can honestly ask myself, who am I? And maybe not be so scared to give myself that answer. Maybe not be so scared to, to look at it. Maybe I've already experienced trying to be somebody else for somebody else, whether I was mm-hmm. living for my mother or for my partner or, you know, for society as a whole, we begin to stop and go, what do I want? You know, and again, it's a tough question to ask. You know, what is it that I want? And and I don't know is a valid answer. And to me, that's the funnest answer because it's like, oh, cool. That means I get to go out and try everything to figure out what it is that I want. A possibility, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exciting. I get to do anything and everything. But, you know, there's a certain level of of courage that comes with living this type of a goddess life. I will not say, um, you know, um, I know that I am not the typical goddess woman in that aspect. (laughs) You know, yeah, what you is know. the typical goddess woman, though? Exactly. I'm, I'm discovering that it is as varied as there are, as she has, as you know, however many names she has. <laughs> exactly. So. Exactly. And it's like, this is just the path that I walked. I found, you know, the goddess so early, and mm-hmm. I've gone through the spiritual aspect of it and the mythology aspect of it and the academia aspect of it. And I had all of that down, and I understood and I got it exactly what my philosophy was, what my concepts, what my spirituality was, what I did in order to connect. And I still felt so disconnected. And it wasn't until I started tapping into my sensuality and, and asking myself questions around that because I realized that that was the one thing that I was avoiding doing because I thought that I already had all the answers. But, and then I realized it's like, but I've never asked myself, you know. Yeah. I've ascribe to whatever teenage boy wanted to sleep with me. <laughs> Jane's Addiction is like, um, he's one of my favorite bands. And there's this song Jane says. Love them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see, you already know what I'm going to say. The song Jane says, but it hit me when I was a teenager. And that line stuck with me. And it took me 20 years to figure out what it was, why I would randomly start singing it to myself and it was I want them if they want me yep I only I only know they want right (laughs) it just gave me chills again like I I, yeah (laughs) I want that path I know what what you're talking about and I think that's why your course hit me where you know it landed where it landed with me is because um I don't feel, you know, personally, I don't feel like I have um, fallen off the wagon, so to speak, but but it is something that has not really been in the forefront of my 
awareness, I guess, you know, getting in touch with your sensuality. Why? Why? Why would that's so impractical, you know? Why would I want to do that? But it is really, (laughs) truly is everything that is everything. It is so connected to all that we do. But Mm -hmm. then when we give it away like that, I only want them if they want me, you know, it's dishonoring, it's devaluing ourselves and so I'll let you take the helm back. I'm sorry for, for taking that from you. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, that's, no, that's actually, that's, you got it. You wrapped it up in a nutshell. That's it. We don't ask. And, yeah. but that whole, you know, I want them to say want me. And I, and so many women do that. And so many men too, because we're out searching for these connections um, from people, we're looking for people to give us what it is that we're missing within ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when they don't do that, we get angry, we get upset, you know. Um, so it's about balancing out your expectations and and really realizing, again, it's like, so I should be asking myself what it is that I want, you know. Mm-hmm. I never bothered to ask myself if I wanted them, <laughs> right. if I needed them, you know. I never bothered to ask my body how it felt. That um, that if somebody was touching me and I didn't like the way that I was being touched, then automatically there's something wrong with me. It wasn't, again, find out, you know, what it is that you like and don't be afraid to speak. It was, nope, nope, they're in control. I'm just here to be used. And maybe if I let them use me enough, then maybe I'll feel that spark of intimacy that I'm looking for. Maybe somebody will love me and teach me how to love myself. So, yeah, and then, yeah, and then one day you just go, oh, okay, no, that's not, not going to work anymore. I have to love myself. I have to do this first. So, yeah. So if somebody wants to, you know, women out there are asking these questions right now, how can she get in touch with you to, are you running your course again? I am going, yeah, I'm going to run the course again. I believe I'm going to go ahead and do it towards the end of March because I'm getting a lot of um, folks asking and a lot of emails and going, I missed the first one. When are you going to do it again? So I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking springtime. I'm thinking spring equinox is a good time to run it again. Oh, yeah. So I'll have that information available on my website. It's brandyosset.com. And anybody who has any questions about anything can email me at info at com. Perfect. And I will include the link in the description page for this podcast as well so that um, if you're listening to the show, all you have to do is just click click on over. And I know that you have other products and stuff as well. Um, I think we're probably – yeah, we're <laughs> – we're probably going to get cut off here. So, um, okay. I'm all totally, no. I will run off at the mouth all day if you let me. So totally, there's other <laughs> products and stuff there. Um, there's soaps and goddess sprays and sage sprays and detox baths and yoni eggs and all types of tools for those of you uh, getting ready to set upon your sacred sexuality journey. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> Fabulous. I am. Yeah, you'll find once again, all that on the website. Just go and look around. Perfect. Once again, Brandy, I want to thank you for 
being here and sharing your wisdom with Thank my you listeners. For having and me. oh, you are welcome. It's been my pleasure. So, okay. well, you're my new favorite. So, yay! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate the love and the attention and. Absolutely, you honor me with your presence and with your affection. Thank you so much for taking such good care of me. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Goddess Diaries Radio, and I hope you enjoyed this interview. If you did, please leave your review back at iTunes. Not only do your good reviews make me personally leap for joy, but This is how we fight the patriarchy, people. (laughs) Leaving your reviews back at iTunes helps others find the Goddess Diaries Radio and helps us to spread those goddess stories. Again, thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week. Love you to the moon and back. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 